Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Just like you, I'm an independent retail business owner. I love the home decor and gift boutique I co-own with my sister, but I don't want it to consume me or my life. Join me each week as I share lessons learned, helpful tips, and valuable information for your retail business and life. Whether you're buying your products or making your products, whether you're a 25K business or a $2.5 million business, I'm on a mission to help indie retailers work less, profit more, and grow. Let's get started on today's episode. Welcome to episode 123 of the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. This one thing creates value in your retail business. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. So my intention for this episode, by the way, it feels good to be back with a regular episode. I think I'm back into the groove after the store that I caught on with my sister expanded. I guess I should just kind of finish that off. We had our grand reopening weekend. It went really well. We were showered with love. We were just surprised, particularly on Friday. It was like one flower delivery person came in after another, and it was beautiful, and everyone was so happy for us, and they cheered us on, and it just felt so good, and we celebrated the evening before with some special people in our life, and it was it was amazing, and what feels really amazing is that the space is done, but the most important thing is that our space and our store feels really good. It feels spacious. It feels like our customers are going to have the time and space to breathe between each display and each piece of furniture. There is a beautiful open kind of transition area from our original space to the new space because they're side by side with an opening in the middle. If you follow us on Instagram, we shared a couple of funny Instagram reels. But honestly, I have to say that those 10 days of really hard work, they were hard, but they were worth it. And I'm so glad it's over. And when I walked into my store on the first normal non-expansion day, and I walked in and it felt so good, and my shoulders were relaxed, and it all looked fantastic, and we still had all the the floral bouquets and arrangements all over the store. It just feels so good. So for those of you that were cheering me on and celebrating with me and my sister, thank you. I really appreciate it. And I know we have some customers who listen too, so thank you all so much too. I really appreciate it. Okay, so let's get going with episode 123. It does feel good to be back to my regular routine. So my intention for this episode is to get you to think outside of the box, outside of your maybe your product lines or the box you may have put yourself in when you first started as a retailer. We often think our store itself, like the physical space or the merchandise, is what generates the revenue. And yes, of course it does. That's what, what the customers are buying. But if we dig a little deeper, it's actually our brain that creates the revenue. And I want you to stay with me here. So what happens is our businesses solve problems. Businesses in general solve problems for people. This is what we do as entrepreneurs. We solve problems for people. And in retail, it can be really challenging for store owners to embrace that we solve problems. 
We can tell ourselves, or we often tell ourselves, that shopping, whether it's for home decor or clothing or whatever it is, even gifts, that shopping for those things, uh, chocolates, whatever it is that you sell, coffee, (laughs) all of the stuff, vintage, antiques, that it's a luxury, or we tell ourselves that we aren't solving world problems. So the problems, quote unquote, we solve really don't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. And although I can appreciate that we are maybe not solving world problems, I'm here to tell you that we actually do solve problems. If I personally think about the local indie retailers in Northeast Ohio that I personally shop with, and a lot of these are in, probably most of these are in Lakewood. There are some in in other areas. But when I think of all the indie retailers that I personally shop with, these are the problems that they solve for me. And I listed a few that I frequent in my local area. I'm going to name them. We'll link them in the show notes. And I want to share this list because I think it's going to give you a a good idea of what I'm talking about. Because you might be thinking, Kathy, what do you mean I solve a problem? I don't solve a problem. So here we go. Second Soul. They are a athletic, really particularly, I think it's a running store um, specializing in running shoes. They provide me with super fast service where they fit my foot for the way my foot is shaped, for the size for the arch, my walking, sometimes running style. And I walk out of there every time I go with a pair of sneakers that give me the best support for my foot. And this all generally happens within 15 minutes, and it's kind of crazy. But they're that good at fitting my feet for sneakers. I am a repeat, repeat, repeat customer. This is a service and talent that like a Dick Sporting Goods just can't give me. They can't give me that level of expertise. And every person I deal with at Second Soul has always been extremely knowledgeable. And I've never walked out with a pair of shoes that didn't fit me really, really well or that didn't support all of the walking and sometimes running I do. The next one on my list is Wine Down and Sweets Cafe. Now, this one's in Strongsville. The the second soul I go to, they actually have two locations, one in Lakewood, Ohio, and one in Medina, Ohio. I actually been to both, but I usually go to the one in Lakewood. Wine Down and Sweets Cafe is in Strongsville, Ohio. And they provide me with the ability to buy some really good homemade sweets, sweets made at their shop, but they're handmade, at a reasonable price and a cool little wine spot where I can hang out with my girlfriends every once in a while. And what's so special about this place is the area that it's in is filled with chain stores, chain after chain after chain. And I love, I love that Tammy, she's the owner, that it's a local owned business. She puts so much effort into it. She's a lab owner. I just love that it's not a chain store and that I can support her business. And everything is really good that comes out of there, so I can't complain. And so she provides the service that she gives me the ability to support a local business in a chain-filled area. 
All right, the next one on my list is Revival Body Care. And I've talked about Nicole's business. She has this great kind of photo op selfie station area in her store. But Nicole provides me with all natural skincare products. She provides me with really helpful information. She's the one that taught me that uh, oils are actually really good for the skin when everything that had been taught to me before is you don't want to put oil on your skin. I love her products. I love that she makes them literally in the, in the basement of her store. Her whole work area and workshop area is in her basement. I love the information she shares with me, how she educates me, and how it's really easy to shop online if I want to, and then schedule it for pickup. And she provides me a service because her store is really visually appealing. She hosted a really fun little get-together for a bunch of small business owners And we had like a little retreat skincare experience in the store and it was so much fun and it was very generous. So really, she gives me an experience overall. Stem Soap. Steve is one of the co-owners. He is also a lab member and he provides me with the most incredible hand soap that even my brother loves. Now I have to go there to shop for my brother. And now I also have to go there to shop for my mom because they carry an all-natural naked soap option where there's no scents, nothing that would cause her like an allergic reaction. So not only do I go there for myself, now I go for my mom, now I go for my brother. And again, that's the problem that Steve solves for me. He solves three problems for three family members, right? Matheny Weir or Antica Modern. One is in Rocky River and one is in Lakewood. If you looked at these businesses and my business that I own with my sister, you would see them as competitors or most people would. But we're friends with each of them. And the what they provide me is the ability to buy products. On occasion, I don't do it very often, but on occasion, I need a product that I don't sell when I'm working on a furniture piece in our store. It could be a stain. It could be a different color. It just could be something that I don't sell myself. They solve that problem for me that I can go to them and I can lean on them for their expert advice on what I need. The next one is Little Spark Refill Shop. Rachel's the owner and she's in Rocky River. She's also a Master Shopkeepers member. She provides me with the ability to do my small part in saving the earth from more plastic. This is a refill store. So she gives me the ability to go there and refill on, uh, I do like my kitchen hand soap there, lotions. What else do I do? I've done, I've bought dryer balls, like anything. Oh my gosh. And the one thing that I forgot to mention is she sells the most incredible countertop cleaner. I don't know the name of it offhand. That is my all-time favorite product from her, but it comes in these refill pouches. And I bought one glass bottle from her and I just buy the small refill pouches and it's concentrated. So I add water. So she solves that problem. She solves the problem of helping people save the earth by not using so much plastic. Shout out to that brand of countertop cleaner because it is my favorite, favorite. It smells so good. I wish I knew the name of it. All right, the next one is Blossom Cleveland. She has multiple, actually two locations, one in Lakewood where my store is. Megan is the owner. I adore Megan. She's a super abundant thinker. I gave her and her husband a shout out in a recent podcast episode. But she provides me with the most unique, spectacular 
flower arrangements. I know I'm going to get my money's worth when I reach out to Megan and I place an order. I can also order online and I can ask for delivery online. I'm a big online ordering person. So if a small local business offers that option, I'm probably going to be all over it. But she gives me the ability to know that I will get a spectacular flower arrangement or whoever's receiving it will be received beautiful flowers and that it's not a franchise florist. It's not, I won't name any names, but it is just just not a franchise florist. It's definitely local, family-owned, and I adore her family, so it's perfect. Cleveland Curiosities is our neighbor in Lakewood, Ohio, and Clem and Hallie provide me with a place to shop for my nephew. (laughs) I know if I go there, I'm going to find things that he loves. And oftentimes, Clem and Hallie spend time with with Elijah, my nephew, who also works at our store, and they know what he likes and we do, what he doesn't like. And I know I can go to them and say, hey, or I can get a gift card from them, and I know it's the perfect gift for him. Moonstruck CLE, Elisa. Elisa, I've talked about so much on this podcast. She owns a vintage store in Little Italy in the Cleveland, Ohio area. She provides me the ability to learn something about vintage goods because she hosts lives, usually with a friend. So I not only do I learn a lot from her, but I can get really unique gifts. And what I loved was this past Christmas holiday season, I watched one of her lives And I do a gift exchange with a group of friends, and I was able to buy a unique vintage gift for everyone on my my girlfriend list, and that it was something that was different. I was supporting a small business. It was fun. It was kind of my brain had to get really creative who would love what. So I loved that whole experience, and that's what Elisa gives me. And her store, I went to it recently for a photo shoot, for a brand photo shoot, and she agreed to be part of it. And of course, I walked out there with a bag full of things. So it can it can be trouble. Moonstruck CLE, watch her lives. If you love vintage, you're going to really enjoy her lives. So all of this to say, when you realize that your sales per square foot is determined by your brain, you'll start to think differently about your business and or how you use the square footage in your store. If you want a larger, a bigger SPSF, then have your brain do the work. Ask yourself, what can you do to offer more value in your brick and mortar space to your customers or in your online shop or just overall as a whole? How can you provide them with more value? So I talked about this in previous episodes, but in my own business, both my sister and I, we work hard at listening to what our customers are saying. We listen to both customers and we listen to our data. So you all know at this point, I'm a big numbers, analytical, data geek. I love it. I find a lot of value in it. But either way, we're either listening directly to them and their words coming out of their mouth, we're listening to our community, or we're listening to the data, the information that's in our business. And we tend to make sometimes what would some people consider a hard decision. We make hard decisions about our business. And that means adding something, but it often means cutting things out so we can go bigger with what is actually working in our business and what customers are telling us is valuable to them. So here are some examples about some of the decisions we we made over the years. We cut our hours. 
This actually increased our energy and revenue continued to go up. We changed, for example, in one of our categories, we changed from nursery decor to baby gifts, and that definitely made a difference. We cut workshops, creative workshops, and custom services so that we could focus on higher margin products like the furniture we refurbish and sell. Not only is it a higher margin product, it's easier for us to do. So there's like, you know, efficiency and time as part of that equation as well. We doubled, tripled our market budget because our customers were loving the new decor we were bringing in. And when we first opened, we had no idea that would be the case. But when home decor was turning as quickly as it was, we knew we had to bring more in. And gifts too, gifts are starting to grow. That category is growing. So we're going to lean into that. And I think I've talked about that too. Now, it's important to note that what we want And what they have wanted, meaning our customers, what they find value in, it hasn't always been the same thing, but we do work at pushing emotion to the side and we ask ourselves, how can we provide value to them? And, you know, you've noticed some of it too is while, you know, keeping our energy high, while it it all feels good to us as well. That's the big equation. So there's a Master Shopkeepers member who at one point, I guess I could say, and I don't say this in a minimizing, diminishing way, but if I'm talking about revenue, she had a very small retail business. I I think maybe at one point it was less than $80,000 a year. And she was very dedicated to the original store concept, the type of store that she was. And She wasn't growing like she wanted to grow. I can't say that she was struggling because I don't know that for sure. She might have been okay with where she was, but I know she wanted more and she wanted to be bigger. So after joining Master Shopkeepers, she started to take a look around at her community. What was missing? What were people wanting? What were people asking her for? And she started to fill that gap. She stayed in her lane, so her brand was still consistent. It didn't change. What her original concept was didn't change either, but she expanded, and she expanded in terms of what she was doing, not only in size because she moved to a bigger location, but also in what she was selling, and she got extremely creative with it. She is now a half-million-dollar-plus retail business and growing. It's because she tapped into her brain. If she had just stayed focused on what she was selling at the time and maybe, you know, focused on her categories and maybe bringing more in instead of really pausing and taking a step back to think, how can I provide more value? How can I provide more value to my customers? How can I provide more value to my community? How can I provide more value to my brand or the reason the people followed her brand? Now, I didn't ask her for print for her permission to share all of this, so that's why I'm being a little vague. But I think what's really important is to give her credit for doing the work, for identifying where she could give more value. That's why her business grew. She was she provides way more value than she did 2 or 3 years ago. So ask yourself, how can you provide value to your customers? And remember, you also don't have to limit yourself to local customers. You do have an option to get online, or if you are online, 
you have the option to reach more people beyond your brick and mortar store. Now, of course, the value you provide to locals is also important, but I think what I'm trying to do is expand your thinking. If you have a popular brand and so many people follow you or they love what you do, open that up to expanding outside of your brick and mortar store and thinking about the value that you can offer online to people across the nation. And for some of you, some of you ship worldwide. So I have one little disclaimer, and that's oftentimes some of us will do customer surveys or we have customers asking us for things and they fill out the survey and we read it and we're like, what? Like, where did that come from? So of course you want to discern what makes sense and what doesn't. You have to use, you know, your intuition and the knowledge that you already have about your customers to figure out if some of the things that they're asking for really make sense and if it really makes sense for you in your business. We aren't going to do everything that they ask for. So that's my disclaimer is for those of you saying, now, Kathy, I can't give them everything they want. I get it. I get it. That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm just suggesting to maybe pause a little bit on the way you're viewing your business and how you provide value and kind of step back and do this like once a year and step back and really figure out if what you're doing for your customers, your community, your online community, are you really providing as much value as you can? So I think that's it. I feel like there was one more thing I wanted to say, but I'm drawing a blank. If I think of it, I'll come back to it next week. But again, take the time to do this. I promise you it's helpful. And I promise you there's probably no one out there who has ever said this to you. And I think it's really important, especially in retail, to do this type of work because it might be a service. It might be a product. It might be a product line. It might be something that you've never thought of before that people often ask you for over and over and over again, but you always tell yourself, no, I can't do that. Well, maybe it's time to reconsider it. So if you want to see the show notes to this episode or find links to anything I mentioned, you can visit my blog at SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 123. That's SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 123. Until the next episode, be savvy and boss up.